0: good morning I brought my associate pastor with me today are you ready to give him Jesus today come on say amen Woo. this is the day the Lord has made. I will and in it give God some praise in the house of the Lord you know as we look for an associate pastor and stuff I keep asking Lord I need an associate and then Elliot shows up and I'm like yes what a best way of training right from the beginning. Huh? What do you think? You think so? Amen, Grandpa. <laughs> hey, let's go before Father, and uh, let's ask God to help us to grow deeper in Him as we continue the book of 2 Peter. It is a beautiful um, book that will help us grow in our character, grow in our faith, and how many want to grow in faith? Come on. Amen. God wants us to grow, and it takes one step at a time, but you play the big part in the process of growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go before Father. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the beautiful sunshine. But Father, thank you so much for the sun that sets us free. Father, we ask that your name would be glorified and that you would help us to grow. And even, Lord, when we go through those trials, those situations those circumstances you are the Lord God who has promised these precious promises and so father this day we hold on to what you have said what you promised to do we look unto you now Lord as we praise you in spirit and in truth may you receive this time we ask this in Jesus name and our God's people Lord. say good morning. good morning look at your neighbor and say good morning. good morning oh man I'm excited that we're going to be in part two of this book that I've really been liking a lot, Second Peter. Last week, we talked about precious promises, and if you notice in 2 Peter and in 1 Peter, one of the words that Peter likes is precious, precious. And so this morning, I want you to, uh, let's re- kind of reminisce a little bit from last week, and I want to just start off with reading the portion of Scripture that we dealt with last week. Read with me. Simon Peter, a servant of the Apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ have received the faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Someone say abundance. Mm, overflowing. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Verse 4 Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that, so that, here it goes, now this is important. Through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, last week, we dissected this portion here that Peter is talking to people who have a relationship with Jesus. Someone say, a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that you have a precious promise from God. But here's the thing. You can live on God's promises, or you can just be on the premise. You can take God's word for what God's word says, or you can just know it but not do it. And there's a difference between knowing God's word and doing God's word. Someone say amen. amen. So I want you to understand something. If you go to the last chapter and the last verse of this book, listen to what it says. Because Peter, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we talked about how... All Scripture was given by the Holy Spirit, moved upon by, on, by individuals. That's what the Scripture tells us. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, which is the last verse in, for 2 Peter, it says, But grow in grace. Someone say grow, grow in grace. Grow. grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Meaning that your grace that you know and the knowledge you know needs to grow. What if, what if the babies we have around here never grew and they stood babies? You would say, oh, no, (laughs) yeah, right? (laughs) We would want them to grow. Babies are to grow, but you're still a child of the Lord. Look at someone, no matter how old they are, say you're still a child of the Lord. Come on. You know, when you get older, you don't feel like a child. You know? You feel like you're all mature. In God's eyes, you're a child. I want you to get this God's grace gave you grace, but God wants your grace to grow in him. He wants your relationship to grow. So here's a couple questions. Today I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, and I really want you to think about it because questions that are tough to answer gives us a point where we really need to get an answer. If I ask you a tough question, you say, I don't know. That's a cop-out. You have to answer the question. If I was to ask you, give me three of your strengths. You need to know what three strengths and your character, what are the three things that you're strong in your character? What is three weaknesses that you carry? You need to know that. You know, what are the weaknesses? Where, well, I'm not too, well, I'm not a good reader. Okay, that, that would be a weakness. You know, but I, I lo- but I can really talk to anybody, and that would be a strength. You need to know these things. So let me ask you some questions. What does it mean to grow in your knowledge? Of your Lord and Savior. What does it mean? I mean, you know, we talk about growing in God, but what does it mean to grow in his knowledge? Number two, how can you be sure that you are growing daily in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? How do you know that daily you're growing in your relationship with God? Number three, why is Peter so concerned that we are to grow in his knowledge? Here's the problem. I think we live in a day and age where we want people to spoon-feed us versus become like the Bereans, which was in the Word. Someone say, in the Word. God wants you and I to be in His Word. That is the only way we are going to understand who He is. You cannot understand the nature of God, the character of God, unless you are in the Word of God. Why is that? Why is that? It's because that Word is His very breath to you and I. And Peter is emphasizing, he's stressing, he's trying to push them to understand God by gaining knowledge. Now, the Greek word for knowledge is, is um, uh, gnosis. And gnosis is knowledge, and knowledge simply means this, seeking, inquiring, investigation. Epinosis now, it changes, goes from knowledge, goes to God's God's word, God's knowledge, or, or the right word to use in epinosis is the correct knowledge, the divine nature of God's knowledge. You can have knowledge, but how about having divine correct knowledge that comes from God's breath, God's word, to give you direction. We all want direction, but do we have ears to hear what God's trying to teach us? God is always, and I'm going to say this, and you you may differ, and that's okay, because I I live the same life you did, and and my God's always communicating to me. He's always, he's through word, through just so many things. Just yesterday, I was sitting in in my uh, uh, screen house, and I have bird nests all around, and I'm watching the robins and the sparrows all have nests. They're right next to each other, and and, uh, I'm just watching all this take place, and all the other birds are trying to invade the nest, and I'm looking at all this that's going on. And all of a sudden the scripture says, and I remember the scripture, that God says that a sparrow doesn't fall from the air that he does not know about. And I'm thinking of all the activity I'm seeing, and yet God in his infinite wisdom knows everything. He knows your struggle. He knows your situation. He knows your circumstance. He knows when you're struggling. And what does God want? God wants you to know his word. He wants you to get a knowledge of his character. Someone say the knowledge of his character. Now, I want you to understand something. In verse 2, we read this, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Wait a minute. If God said that his grace and peace was in abundance, here's my question to you. Are you walking in the abundance of his grace and peace? Are you living all worried? Are you living all frustrated? Are you worried about this and that? Are you just, you know, fighting within yourself where inside you're not at peace? Because according to the word of God, God says that he has abundant peace and abundant grace for you. And he has it in abundance. Abundance means more than you can contain. Meaning that it overflows. And whenever God does anything, God is really good about overflowing things in our life. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. We limit God. We limit God with the amount of time that we give him in relationship. We limit t- uh, time and the amount of time we read our scriptures. We limit God by the amount of time that we just stop and just listen. We we limit our time with God in the in the areas where we learn. We limit God in the areas of the time we spend just worshiping Him and falling and spending time in His presence, not worrying about anything else, but just making God the main focus. See, we want to be close to God. We want our knowledge to be great in God. But if you ask yourself the tough question, how much T-I-M-E, that is a description of how much you L-O-V-E, how much time do you actually give in the presence of God and give God in just letting Him speak throughout the week? We have 168 hours. How many of your hours, how many of those hours do you actually want to hear from the God who created all things seen and unseen? You say, Pastor, I have a busy life. You are talking to the choir. So you don't tell me busy. I understand busy, but I also understand that each one of you are in charge of your own time, your own calendar. You're the one. Time does not tell you what you do, you tell time what you will do. You have to dictate what are the priorities or the core of your life that you're going to live by. And so Peter here is really emphasizing to the believers as they are having false teachers, people are following wrong beliefs, people are coming, attacking them. It wasn't easy to live in the disciple day. You know, we see people say, oh, disciples, man, they rock. They were, they were, they were, the, they, they were it. They, they had it tough. They had it tough. Romans 5 says this, therefore, since we have been justified, what does justified mean? Justified is just as you've not sinned. When you're justified in God, meaning that you're right in God's eye, you've been justified just as you have not sinned. You have now been cleansed. You've been justified by what Jesus Christ has done. And through your belief in Jesus Christ, through faith, we have, we have, someone say peace. You have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into His grace, in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of God of glory. So your journey starts with grace. Isn't that cool? God riches at Christ's expense. Grace. God's grace has lavished, but He give it to you in abundance. But the problem is, when I look at believers, why aren't we living in the abundance? And why are we worried about this? And when we have a problem, we're more. Conf- we are focused so much on the future that we miss the day in which we live in. We want. Oh, we we are future people. Don't get me wrong. I catch myself doing the same thing. I'm always trying to figure out what the economy is going to do. What I did, did it is. You're always trying to be ahead of the game. The reality is, God's in charge of the game. We got to remember this. Amen. We got to remember this. That there are some incredible things coming down the line that's going to be very 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 difficult But you and I need to remember our something and that is God rules and reigns. Amen, Amen. And where he rules he reigns and if he reigns in your life You can walk in the abundant peace and the abundant grace God has given you <laughs> Amen Now this is now now we feed our bodies if you give this body food and nourishment and Sundays, a little ice cream Oh, come on, how many like ice cream? Raise your hand. How many like? Look at you, ice cream people! All right, we got to have an ice cream party. <laughs> if you feed these bodies what they need, the body is strong. If you feed your spirit what it needs, it'll be strong. And this is exactly what Peter is trying to do for the people. Of that day, and not only for the people of that day, but here the word of God was speaking and writing these letters so that these letters would be passed on and even to us this day. God gave us his B I B L E because it is his breath to his people. We have a book, we have the information, we have what he's asked of us, and now we have to apply it. You see, a lot of times people, I tell people read their scriptures, read the scriptures. I can't tell you how many times I tell people read their scriptures because I know, I know by reading scriptures, you gain knowledge and understanding. And then when you gain understanding, God's word, because it's from God, will change your heart. But God cannot change your heart if you do not get his word in you. See, some people read the word, but God wants you to feed on the word. See the difference? People can read the word, but they're not feeding on the word. I'll tell you one step further. There are times that ministers can get in the word to get a word just for a lesson, but that lesson has not got a hold of their heart. You see what I'm trying to say? You can get into a book for the sake of a task. I'm at, I'm at school and I'm reading this book and I read this book because I have a report on it and I'm doing it simply to get it done. And get her done, huh? Come on, I got the shirt that says get her done. But in getting her done, I haven't been changed by the book or the information in the book because I'm not really chewing on what has been said. Same thing with Scripture. We don't chew on the Word of God to get the Word of God in us. So I want to take you to 2 Peter, and we're going to start from verse 4. And today, um, the title of my message is simply Growing in the... um, uh, That's not the message... Uh, what is my title of my message today? (laughs) Huh? Yeah, growing in faith. The reason why, i changed it 10 times. And so I struggle sometimes with my title, but growing in faith, growing in knowledge every day. How does that happen? How do I keep growing, God, in the knowledge and in my faith growing every day? How does that happen? Well, this is how it happens. And Peter tells it so wonderfully here. Look at verse 5. And we're going to take it to verse 7. For this very reason, I make every effort to add, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now, I want you to get this. He just says some important words for you and I to get this. But before I go into the portion of Scripture, I want you to understand that we expect God to do everything. I hear this all the time. Well, you know, God is sovereign, and if God's sovereign, God's going to take care of it no matter what. That's a cop-out. Read your Scriptures. God is sovereign 100%. But what you do, your choices, your actions, affects what happens in your life. God is sovereign, 100%, but do not delete the aspect of the volitional being you are who makes choices in everything in life. You make choices, and choices today are results tomorrow. How you make your choice will dictate what happens to you, pro or con. But don't blame God when we're in charge of the seat when we make choices of what we think. And here, given strong Strong words to the people to say, listen, this is what you need. You need to grow in your knowledge of G- God. And so we look at this. It's two parts. First, it's your part. That's what you do because it says add to add. And we'll talk about that. And the second part is how you yield to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, wants to help us, wants to teach us. And, you'll, and if you're not acquainted with the Holy Spirit, you'll feel something inside you sometimes. You, you know, you should do this. And you'll struggle with either yielding to it or not yielding to it. This is where God's trying to do something in you. He's trying to speak to you. He's trying to help you to know his voice. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. And they Follow me. Well, how does that happen? That's getting to know his voice, not our voice, his voice. And the more you travel with God, there is a distinction between his voice and our voice. And as you travel the duration, you get to know the distinction. But it doesn't happen right away. Someone say, it's a process. It's a process, it's a process of relationship, and that's what it's about. It's about relationship. So let's take a little bit of journey and nudge somebody and... Uh, Let's take a a journey because I want you to look at this diagram here. It says, add to your faith and its goodness and knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness, and love. Now, I want you to get this. This is really uh, kind of important. It says, make every effort. Make every effort. Let's talk about that. I want to ask you a question. What are the things in life that you make effort in your life? I mean, you really, you know, it's important to you. So you make time for it. What are the things that you make time for? Uh, Do you make an effort on your job to be the best worker? Do you make an effort to say, hey, if I'm going to make something, I'm going to put my fingerprint on it. And people are going to say, hey, I know who did this, man. I know this quality of work. I mean, are you going to make an effort to take care of your grandchildren or your children? Do you make an effort to um, take care of your spouse or the people you say you care about? Because if you care about them, there should be some signs that you actually are caring for their needs and caring for who they are and caring for their ups and their downs. Because why? You care for them. You make an effort. Do you make an effort on your, a job or your craft or remodeling your home or cleaning your car or building something? I had, um, when I went through school, I had many jobs, and so I created a business in the midst of it, and so I used to do side jobs on the side, and I did every single job, uh, Job, and I worked for a painting company, I led a crew, um, you know, I did a lot of stuff, you name it, I've done it, remodeled kitchens, built kitchens, um, uh, built, just built all kind of stuff, and here's the, here's the thing, though, I had people who say, would say, Brian, no one's touching my house but you. And like, I don't really have time for your house. You know, I'm kind of like pastoring, I'm I'm in school, I'm doing all, all these different things. He says, No one's touching my house. When are you available? And I asked him, I said, why am I the only one to touch your house? Because when you do when you're done, I'm pleased. And I said, I'll tell you the truth. Whenever I work on anybody's house, it's like I work on it like it's better than my own. No matter what I do, I don't know, I don't know how to do anything halfway way whenever I put my hand I'm all in I just all in I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and I want my fingerprint to know that it's right I work with some people and stuff that's no big deal it's not going to be seen that's what people tell me sometimes and I'm like yeah I know it may not be seen because you got molding over it but you know what I know it's there so I have this uh this this um desire to put an effort to whatever I do and to do it to the best of my ability. I, I will say this. I will say this. Not every job came out well. I remember I rebuilt a 1966 Ford Falcon. It was my first car. My parents wanted to junk it, and I'm like, oh, I can build this baby because I love building cars. And so my mother said, and father said, listen, let us just junk the car. Your, your two brothers have just beat this to the ground. And I'm like, no, I want to rebuild it. And so I... Engine work, no problem. Custom, inside work, custom work with material, no problem. I had my hand at body work. Um, remember that front fender? I, I had a front fender that needed a lot of work. And I should have had a professional did it, but I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> I did it. Every time you looked at it, brand, put a brand new paint job on it, every time I looked at it, I got seasick. Ooh, look at all the waves. But you know what? So I said to myself, I'm not the greatest at body work. So then I hand it out. When I do sheetrock, I'm not the greatest, and it's a good correlation here, I'm not the greatest when it comes to mudding, when it's really special kind of mudding, small stuff, no problem. So I hire people who are good at it. Why? Because that's just smart. Why waste your time when a person can come in and do it so much quicker? Man, I have learned the right way let people in their giftings do it, it's so much easier. So that being case, I'm not afraid to tempt, tempt anything and do a good job at it, but let me ask you the question, what do you put your effort to? What is it? What is that you put your effort that you, you really work hard at it? And so what would your friends say about you if they said, hey, what do you think that I really put a lot of effort to? What would they say? I'll tell you what, we need to recognize one thing. Do we put heavy effort in learning God's word? Do we have an effort to build our relationship with Jesus Christ? For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Now, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna tell you something right now. This word, the Greek word here, to add, is not your ad or my ad, like two plus two is four. So, the list that he's given here is not saying that you need to add one by one, each one of them, one at a time. Actually, the word is that all of the lists that he's given us is something that we have to constantly be learning all at once. So each one of these rungs on these ladders that we're going to talk about this morning, the scripture, the word there actually says you are to learn these things all together. It's not like I'm going to get goodness, and then after goodness, I'm going to get knowledge. And that, No, it's not that at all. So I want you to understand, to add to your faith is to work on all of these at the same time. Look at your neighbor and say, that's going to be a lot of work. So I'm going to use a ladder this morning, but I wanted to give you the indication that it's not like every rung, you kind of get higher and higher. A ladder gives you an indication that when you go on a ladder, it lifts you higher and you get to a new altitude. And I want you to understand that when you get these things on in your faith, you will grow as a person. You'll get to know God's Heart, one of the greatest things in the world is to get to know God's heart. We spend so much time doing so many other things, but we don't get to know the heart of God. If you get to know the heart of God, He you'll be able to hear what He wants you to do, you'll be able to see what He wants you to do. But here's a good one I really love: that even when the storms come, you have peace because He has abundant grace and peace. When the winds come, when the floods come, when the water rises. Your God is there. Look at your neighbor and say, God is there. So make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Now, the word goodness, if you look at the King James, you'll see virtue. The New American Standard Bible, you'll see moral, excellent. If you look at the Message Bible, you'll see good character. When you look at the word goodness, it's really talking about your behavior. Your character, you're doing the right thing at the right time. That's what obedience is. Because your beliefs, your beliefs, what you really say you believe, will be seen in your behaviors. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Savior, your behavior should modify what you believe. So everybody say, belief, behavior. They go to heaven. Don't Don't say, I love my parents, but then do everything that shows you don't. Don't say, I love my spouse, but do everything that says you don't. And one of the greatest ways you can love your spouse, let me tell you, let me. the greatest way you can love your spouse on both sides of the fence, here it goes, here it goes, Look, get this, listen to their heart. Listen to their heart. Do not blow their heart off like it's not, it's not important, because that is one of the greatest things you need to do. Someone say, listen. Because when you listen, you learn. I better stop now, because I can... I could go on (laughs) but here's the thing God wants you to grow in your behavior in your knowledge of God's Word God's ways God's will so you can do God's work so let me ask you another question here it goes ready how many of you have a flaw one flaw (laughs) one flaw you have a flaw now in your flaw, I want you to think about just this one flaw, and I want you to know how many times have you excused your flaw? You just, you know, like, you know, I've heard this. You know, it's just, I have no filter. You know, I just say what I have to say. I have no filter. I just, it just comes out. Just comes out. It's just the way I am. That's a flaw. And that's an accepted flaw that they say, oh, I'm just the way I am. I can't help it. Ha <laughs> ha. No, that's not true. You can help it. You're just not doing anything about it. Someone say amen. Amen. How many know somebody? Just joking, just joking. (laughs) So how many years have you had this flaw? I mean, how long have you been knowing, hey, this is something in my life. I know that it's there. But how many, here's the thing. How many years have you just condoned it and just had it and done nothing about it? You see, you could be angry or lack of mercy or unforgiveness, holding a grudge, unkind to others, selfish, unfair, sharp in your speech, snippy. You know, when you have a rough day, you're so quick to just be snippy at someone who's totally innocent. but just because they're in your way, you just snap at them. You're like a, you're like a snapping turtle. Just because your finger's there, I'm going to bite it. We all have flaws, but the flaws and struggles are never the problem, Okay? Say that to yourself. My flaw and struggle is never the problem. Never the problem. No, it's not. We all have flaws and we all have struggle. The the problem is not dealing with it, not growing in knowledge so that it changes us. Knowledge changes behavior. Let me say that again. God's knowledge changes epinosis. God's perfect knowledge changes behavior. I happened to be when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and all of a sudden I had a lifestyle that just contrary to, you know, what God was calling me to live. And all of a sudden, the more knowledge I've got of God's word and the more knowledge I understood what he's done for me and the more knowledge I understood of what he, how much he loved me, it started to melt my heart to say, oh God, you love me so much that you've done all this for me and there's so much more to come. Look at your neighbor and just tell him there's so much more to come. The Bible says, The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man the things that God has for those that love him. Woo! Does that not give you a, a, little, uh, a little rock yeah. to your boat? He has good things coming. Good things coming. Because the character of God and his knowledge make every effort to add to your faith this character and this good char- character of goodness, knowledge, it's so important. So as we look at this ladder, I want you to realize that God wants you to grow. He wants you to grow. He wants your spiritual life to grow. It grows by you getting to understand God's word, God's ways, God's works, his knowledge. You are, are you developing a spiritual daily walk with God? Are you in your word? Do you really want to know God? That's a big question. Do you really want to know him? People say, yes, I want to know him. Oh, good. Then what are you going to do? What part of your part are you gonna do something to get to know him? Because to know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. And someone say, I do, I do. (laughs) Love, love, love him. Oh, no, no, come. But it's true. And looking back, have you progressed this year? Looking back, where were you last year? If you have a relationship and you started the year in Jesus Christ, how much have you grown? How have you been growing? Are you the same person that you were 10 years ago? Or has God been changing you because you've been deeper into his knowledge and, and deeper into his ways and his abundant grace is starting to illuminate and, and do some things in you and wake you up from a sleeping moment? God wants to awaken us. God doesn't want you to just coast. Just coast an easy rider. E low rider. God don't want you to coast. He wants you to receive the most from his hand and from his works. He doesn't want you just to tread water. How long have you been here? Oh, quite a while. Just treading water. I haven't drowned. God just doesn't want you to survive. He wants you to be alive. I don't know, but if I gave you a wire that was, if I gave you a wire that was full of juice and I put it in your hand, would there be any different? (laughs) I might grow hair. Yeah, there'd be a difference. So the reality is if you understood who Jesus was, if you really understood what he's really done, it's like it's like a flame inside our hearts because it comes alive. It's like Jeremiah when he had the burning in his heart, and he said, these people are not listening. I'm not going to share with them. But he couldn't keep his mouth closed because there was something happening in him. He had to get it out. And that's what happens when you have the goodness of the Lord, when you recognize all that he's done for you and in you. Don't just get on the treadmill. Don't just get in a rocking chair, give you something to do, but you're not going to get anywhere. God wants you to progressively grow in His understanding and his knowledge and in his ways, but the only way it's going to happen, the only way it's gonna happen, you got to get into His word. You've got to spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have to spend time with the one who created all things. and it has to be here it goes it has to be this incredible best friend relationship. God's my best friend. Don't just go through life maintaining. Well, I'm just maintaining. That's not what God wants for you. Look at verse six. Look at verse six. And to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. Let's look at this for a second. In self-control, how many of you? I got to admit something. I'm going to confess this right now. Last night, stood up late. And there was a whole dish of brownies. You know where I'm going with this. I promised myself I was going to have only one piece of a brownie. Now, I'm the only one eating the brownies, which she's going to just stop making brownies because if she's not going to help me, then don't make them. I almost ate the whole thing. I did not show any self-control. Do I look any different this morning? <laughs> I, I This morning, I said to myself, oh, my word. I looked at what little is left in this 9 by 13 dish. And how did it happen, I asked myself. How did I find myself out of control? I did it little piece at a time to make my conscience feel good. How many of you do that? You know, I just take a small piece. Mm-hmm. Come back another two minutes. I take another small piece. I haven't eaten much. A small piece is... I lost self-control. Well, you got knowledge and self-control go together. And you want to add to your faith, you get the knowledge of God's word, but then you know how to have self-control as you get the knowledge of God's word. you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, God's still working with me on ice cream and brownies and stuff like that. I have moments I do really, really, really good. I could do good for months, and then I have a moment. We all have moments Sometimes. But this self-control is talking about the resistance of the emotional impulses and desires that come upon us at different times. Self-control is the, a virtue of one who masters his desires. Hey, listen, a desire sexually or desires for brownie is still a desire. Desires come in all different forms. Me not being able to touch brownies is just as important because I'm trying to really get back in shape. But can I tell you, they were great. That being said, after I've done did it, if I had to do it over again, I would have left the brownies alone. And I've made myself a promise today, I'm not touching those things. The dog may get it. No, the dog won't get it. But any of you want a brownie, I will be glad to give you one. Get it. one. Of, you, you are. I know you do. Uh, I'll be by your house later. We'll drop them off. See, we all have to use self-control. Self-control. When we gain God's knowledge and apply it to our life, it will give us self-discipline, self-control. This is the fruit of the spirit, Galatians five. But the fruit of the spirit is love, peace. Enjoy, joy, for, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Spirit of God, as you gain knowledge in God, will help you. What is something in your life, whether it could be food, food is an issue. How many, when you get upset, you go to food? Come on, raise your hand. You got to know that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of us. Who, when you get upset, you go to food. But the reality is, what is it that self-control is an issue for you? What is it? What area of your life that you have to give it to God to help you? But it only, your struggle is a major struggle because you're not applying the knowledge of God's word. As you start to apply the knowledge of God's word, God's going to help you in these areas. Let's look at the next one perseverance, rung four of the ladder. This is the capacity to hold out and to bear up and the face of difficulties. Be patient, patient, having patience, expressing endurance, fortitude, steadfastness, perseverance is when you don't give up. How, how, how do I don't give up, Pastor, when it's so blooming hard right now? The season I'm in is tough, the situation I have to live with is hard. How do I persevere? Well, I'm gonna do what Peter said get in the Word of God. Add to your faith. Faith, knowledge, and the goodness of God. Add knowledge of God's word, the Bible, all through the Book of Proverbs. I'm doing a devotion on Proverbs, and all it, 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 the the aspect is gain knowledge, gain understanding, gain wisdom. They all go together. The more you know about God, the easier it is to follow God. But how is it to make the right choices and do things right when you don't know what God says? You have to know what God says. That's why, if you want to know the author, you have to read the book. So, look at Peter Peter and John. They get arrested for healing a crippled man. Uh, do you think that's a crime, healing a crippled man? We don't think so, but they healed him on a Sabbath day. And they get to the point where they go arrest them, and now they're in prison. Uh, and I love this. This is the end of the chapter, and listen to what they say. They're they're persevering. Why was Peter and John so persevering in hard times, being beaten of doing something good for someone, being mocked? When someone mocks you and I or says something unkind, we, we, our feelings get hurt, and, and we realize something. Wait a minute. They did the same thing to Jesus. Keep your eyes on the one you love. And if you keep your eyes on the one you love and the one you know, He'll help you in everything or wherever you go. He'll help you. Acts 4, 29, listen to what they said. Now, Lord, this is their prayer. This is their prayer. Listen to their prayer. You want to talk about perseverance here in Acts 4. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They're proclaiming the word, healing and everything, and they're asking God for more boldness. Get this? They're persevering, aren't they? They're not letting their situation own them. Come on now. How many of you let your situation, your circumstance, your hardship, your feelings own you? How many of you have a bad day because something happens that's not cool and all of a sudden you feel miserable, you feel lonely, you feel isolated, you feel insulated because of a situation and it owns your day? Now how many are going to need to look a little higher? Come on, sons, look a little higher. Come on now, look a little higher and say, who is your God? Who is your fortress in whom you can trust? I know what I'm talking about. I tell you what, saints, look what they said. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, that was their prayer. The place where they were meeting were shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Did God show up? Come on now. Did God show up? Come on now. Did God show up? Come on now, get it and own it. Did God show up? Yes. But in the midst of a trial, in the midst of the persecution, here they're praying, God, give us some boldness. Greater boldness than they're walking in now. They were persevering in the midst of the mess. Pressed through the mess. That's where you get to see God's best. It's so easy to quit when it's tough, or it's so easy when you're offended and someone hurts you, and instead of you growing from the hurt, you allow the hurt. To destroy you. I know a little bit about that. But we live for the audience of one. Someone say the audience of one. Oh, give God some praise in the house of the Lord. <laughs> the disciples are on the persecution and affliction, and yet the knowledge of who their God was, someone say the knowledge of who their God was was there and it took them through. This is important. Godliness, the the fifth rung is godliness, a quality of practice of conforming to the laws and wishes of God. You know, this is just following what God says. Godliness is when you and I willfully are obedient to the ways of God. Why do we not want to sin? We don't want to sin because we don't want to hurt the one we love. I remember one time my son was preaching, and I've always remembered this, and it's been such a, an illustration, where he said, the reason why when I was in high school and all my friends wanted me to sin, I didn't want to sin because I didn't want to hurt my mom and my dad. And isn't that the same? We don't want to offend our God, but even when we do, even when we do sin, how many know we have First John 1, 9, right? Confess your sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from what? All unrighteousness. Ain't, aren't you glad for that? Come on now. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, boy, when you start to receive the mercy and the grace of God in such abundance of his knowledge and you know that God's right there with you, he's with you. He wants to be in you. He wants to work through you. we got the promises of God. Listen to this portion of scripture here. I love this. 1 Timothy 4, have nothing to do with godless myth and old wise tales. Rather, train yourself in to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. That's you doing your part. Hello. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promises for both the present life and the life to come you got to get this because we're we're, we're living here and we want God to show up here. But there's something more. Someone say, there's something more. This is not it. The best is yet to come. There's something more. I mean, we're living here because we're just pilgrims passing through. God wants us to be salt and light for such a time as this. To live our Godly lives, to, to share, to love, to care for people wherever they are. To love all people and to give them the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. Because all people are important. Someone say all people. all people. Don't ever look at someone and say, oh, I don't want to be near them. Then there's a problem with you. God values everyone and has given everyone the opportunity to know him. You love people and let God do the work. You just love people and let God do the work. You are not the Holy Spirit. That's why we depend on the Holy Spirit to do the change. Come on, someone say amen. Amen. You are just the agent, you are the communicator of God's grace. You're the ambassador. Mm. Let's look. If we're going to live godly lives, how do I do it, Pastor? Well, let's let's look at it this way. First of all, have a healthy fear of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 1:7 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, meaning that have a reverence for God. Have a reverence for God. Sometimes I'm with people and, you know, uh, I never tell people I'm a pastor because to me it's not important. I'm a person. I'm a, sa- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person saved by the grace of Jesus, and I, I, I go into that. And, and so that being said, uh, when they're usually cursing the wallpaper off the wall, I never say anything about it. And sometimes, sometimes I'll, uh, they'll find out I am a pastor and they'll say, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what that tells me when they say sorry? That means they have some type of reverence for God. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And I always tell them, well, it's not me you have to worry about. It. It's really God, right? But it's good. It's a good thing when they, when someone says, "Oh, I'm sorry," they're showing respect. When anybody's showing respect, that's a good thing. And so, the first thing in your relationship, you have a fear of God, knowing that God rules and reigns. Someone say, "Amen." That's the first thing if you're going to grow in your righteousness. The other thing, the other thing, is to have a personal devotion with God, a time of God, where just you and Him. Let it be a time where it's just you and him and and not everything else. I got my TV going, I got this going, I got, you know, that's not quality time, right? Look at verse 7. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now, can I just say this? This is an important one. <sighs> kindness. I'm gonna be straight with you all. I believe Christians need to be way more with the fruits of the Spirit in kindness. We're normally kind to the people we like to be kind to, and we won't give the time of day sometimes to people around us. Now, I'm not really talking to you, this group per se, because you are all, you're all pretty friendly. You're all pretty loving, but we all have our days. Someone say amen. So when you're coming into church and you see someone, go out of your way to say good morning to you. How many of you right now would love to someone come up to you and say good morning? Good. Good morning. Come on. Yeah. Come, come. Pretty sure. Hands. Come on. Don't just smile at me. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, good morning. Yeah. Everybody wants a friendly face. How many want to come into church? And I'm like I said, I'm not talking about you guys as much, but I mean I've been at so many churches over the process of my years. How many of you want to come into church and see someone like this? You say good morning to them. Mm. How many want to see that in the morning? Good. Anybody? Oh, no, no, no. No, we want someone to be nice and smiley and happy and cheery when we come to church. Well, do you want to be that person? Come on now. Do you want to be that? There's my smileys over there. I like your smile. You got a good smile. And you didn't have a smile for a long, long time, right? You didn't have one. Yeah. But she found her smile. Praise the Lord. You find a smile when you get into Jesus. Can I share what you said to me? When you came into this church, you just said to me, I said, how you doing, Egypt? You said, I hate people. Remember that? Whoa! (laughs) With rep, What? It's okay. But you you do say that now, right? Look at the smile, huh? It's good to see. Because God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. He's working a plan for you. See, I don't care where people are. It's where people are going. You know, when people say, Well, I don't like you, that's okay. Jesus does. And I I like you. I've had people say, you know, hey, come in, like, I'm here in the church. I'm not because I want you. Matter of fact, I don't even like you. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I still like you. Just if anybody's here, hi Sarah. If anybody's here, I just want to let you know. I like you. I love you. And here's why. If no one's told you this, Jesus loves you. Look at your neighbor, tell them, Jesus loves you. kindness phileo where we get the word philadelphia how many of you go to philadelphia and you feel the brotherly love (laughs) what What did i say wrong that's the name let me and let me ask you something so your name you know when people think of your name do they think of someone who's kind you see I just want to let you know something. This comes from the knowledge of God's word. The more you get into God's word, the spirit of God will start to do something in you and you'll start to be kind. You'll hold the door open for someone because you care for a total stranger. Why you do this? Because, you know, Jesus has done so much for me. You got to realize this important thing. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit. We, You already hear the saying, my mom used to say it all the time. She says, son, Blood is thicker than water. How many you ever heard that? Blood's thicker than water. My mother would say that to all the time, because I'd be doing things for everybody else. And what about watching about your family? Blood is thicker than water. And then, mom, everybody is my family. Cause that's what that saying is talking about, talking about your family is most important. But there's other people who become my family, they're just so important they are family, period. So the reality is we are to be kind. Kindness is choosing to do something that helps other people, not yourself. Someone say other people. people. Yeah. Motivated by the genuine warmth of heart, you have this love of Jesus that God has made you kind. There was a time, you may not believe this, but there was a time that I wasn't the kindest person around. God has done an incredible work in my heart over the many, many, many years. He has transformed me. I am truly a different person today. That's what the knowledge and the ways of God does. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Someone give some praise to God, for he deserves it. So to godliness, brotherly kindness. Kindness. To be kind, it's not rocket science here. To brotherly kindness, and that word brotherly means everyone. Kindness, and then love. Remember, these are not in an order. We have to be working on all of these things all at the same time. Love. Now, if they said your name, would love be part of the characteristics of who you are? You know, I think about what God has done to love you and I. You know, God loves us. It's the highest form of action that one can give to another is to love someone else. Sacrificial love. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. Romans 5.8, while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He loved us while we were rascals. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. God loves. John 13, 5. By this they may know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Love. There's a song that says love will keep us what? Together. Love. I want you to look at this I want you to think of what you can add to your faith, goodness. As you learn about God's goodness, you start to reflect what you've learned. As you get God's knowledge of his ways, his words, you start to do works for him. And you start to understand how to control yourself from the temptations that come your way, how to control the words you say and the things you do. I persevere when you have a struggle, when you have a problem, but you know God's word because the knowledge of God's word, the study of God's word has given you this inside perseverance, knowing my God is going to help me out. My God is with me. Greater is he that's in me than in the world. And you start to live godliness. You start to make right decisions in the right time, in the right way. You start to display a kindness to people, even if they're not kind to you. Hello. Mm. Even when they're not kind to you, when they're being unkind, you still show respect and kindness because in all of this, love does. That's how you are to add to your faith. People say, well, you know, how do I grow in faith? It's It's the application of God's word or what God's word says. That's how you add to your faith. Now listen to what it says here in verse 8 and 9. And I'll close with this. For if you possess these qualities that we just talked about in increasing measure, get that. This alone is a message. If you have these qualities, not just a little, I'm a little kind, I'm a little godly, but increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sin. And this is what happens. When you forget what Jesus Christ has done for you, then I'll tell you what happens in your life. And when you forget what Jesus Christ has done, you start to live on your own. God wants you to have these qualities in increasing measure. Now, how do I do this? Well, it's really simple. You get this, this aspect of growing in God in a very special way because you spend time in his word. Those watching online, Jesus Christ loves you so much that he stretched out his arms and he died for you. To each one of you here, His love is for you, but you need to make sure Jesus Christ is your Savior, is your Lord, is your God. We're all going to see him one day, but you first have to make the first step, the first step of receiving his peace and his grace by saying, Jesus, I've sinned. I've messed up. I've, I've done my own thing. I've done it my own way. Lord, to tell you the truth, I've been stubborn. And Lord, I need you, God, to help me That's one of the greatest things in the world to simply ask God to come into your heart and to make God your Savior. Close your eyes with me right where you are. And those online, I just even close your eyes right where you are. And this is the greatest time to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my stubbornness. Forgive me that I'm doing life my way, God. And I've given you very little room in my heart and life, Lord. And I don't know, but Lord, I know as I grow in knowledge, I'm going to understand. And as I understand, I want to, today, this day, I choose to serve you. If that's your heart desire, just raise your hand right where you are. and Say, that's my heart desire, to choose God, to love God, to serve God. And if you're online, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Yes, yes. God, help me. Come into my heart. Say in your heart, Father, this day, I give you my heart, my soul. I need you. I want you. Come into my heart. I surrender. I believe on the third day you rose from the dead because you so loved me. And I give my heart to you this day. With all my heart, I give it to you because I choose to follow you. What a prayer. And everybody said, amen. What a prayer that God wants to do. God is for you. Get in church. Follow him. The best is yet to do. Bet to come. Let's give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., Or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.